What's up, you pain reproducers? Welcome back to the second episode of Me and My Friends podcast about physical therapy. In this episode, we go over some productivity tips for PT school. Then we go over our first ever article review in our placebo segment. And we finally finish by taking some listener questions. Hey guys, welcome back. This is the second episode. Um, you were just introed, and now we're here. So, is there any opening remarks or anything we want to? Guys, we have a name. Do you notice anything different? Yeah. About us. The we funny couldn't... thing is that the intro now for the last video is gonna have that, so it's kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah. Know, yeah, yeah whatever. Whatever. We'll edit it out. Post production. Yeah. Jamie, get that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, so anything uh, going on? I'm just. Like, Climbing over my seat here. Um, any opening remarks or comments that we want to start with? Anything on your guys' minds? Before yeah. We get so into uh, last week we actually had uh, zero listeners, zero viewers. So if you are currently listening, if you are currently listening and you've actually never done anything for, like taken first in anything, congratulations! You're yeah. now the, our first listener. We'll yeah. send you a plaque. Yeah. Well, it's actually that the. the uh, Bacon Chocolate Chip Pancake oh, right. Award. Award, yes. So uh, if you send us your address, we'll send you one Bacon Chocolate Chip Pancake from uh, the famous Queen City in Reading, Pennsylvania. Maple syrup is not included. No, not get included. You can't afford that. Yeah. Get your own. Uh, should we tell the story about that? So they. I think that'd be great. Yeah. It? I think we're going to address it a couple times. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure it'll be addressed countless times. <laughs> but um, People yeah. are going to wonder why we look so Canadian. So That's true. We should probably address it now. Yeah. And we do love our bacon chocolate chip pancakes, which um, basically started, I guess it was the fall semester of our first year, right? First ever semester. Yeah. Um, we were out one night and... Um, getting I, loose, you know, partying get, it up yeah, a little bit. partying it up. First time to, <laughs> sort of, sort of, to relax with everyone. Back so. when we thought PT school was going to be fun and we were <laughs> actually going out and drinking. Um, <laughs> Now we just drink to drown our sorrows. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun drinking. And uh, so we were at Queen City Diner, which is right down the street from our school. Uh, so actually one of our sponsors. Now. <laughs> Thanks, Queen City. Queen City, I'll be right here. And I was uh, fairly inebriated at that point in the night. And on their menu, I saw uh, banana chocolate chip pancakes. And what came out when I attempted to order those was bacon chocolate chip pancakes. And apparently the waitress asked if I was sure I wanted that. I said I was. The story and is the person actually gave her an attitude. <laughs> <laughs> of course I fucking yeah. would. Um, so then it's kind of become a tradition since then. Every time we go out, we've got to finish the night with uh, Queen City and some bacon chocolate chip pancakes. So that's our award for you being a listener. It's our bacon fourth macro. Yeah, the, the fourth macro. <clears throat> bacon chip. I don't eat bacon. carbs when I do. <laughs> Chocolate chip pancakes. It's not a carb. Anything uh, about last week's episode that we want to clear up, or do you guys remember? Anything? I actually haven't listened to it, so I don't remember yeah. what I actually said. But when I do get around to listening yeah. to it, then uh, I'm sure it was great. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah. it was probably it was great. No, no I, I actually do remember. I said I, <laughs> I thought about this after we recorded. Been haunting you ever since. It actually <laughs> has been affecting me a little bit. I said something about when I was like 
thinking about going to school and not wanting to do massage therapy because I didn't want to like massage gross people. It wasn't necessarily the people like working with like the patients, but just from knowing what goes on and like what you see in hospitals, uh, I just didn't think that that oh, so was what I wanted to do. So you think people in hospitals? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I felt you. bad about that, but uh, Chris Dyer's inpatient PT. <laughs> <laughs> That's a ringing endorsement for me as an inpatient physical therapist. Don't ever but, apply uh, to hospital. Too. Yeah, but and I don't know shit about massage therapy, so sorry if I offend any massage therapists. We just said that it's a placebo, but besides. <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, no ill will. Don't. Uh, it, I mean, when you start talking on camera, you just like never Say know whatever, what's. Uh, you don't. You don't think about these things easy. until after. Yeah. But um, so should we get into Let's our get first into segment? It. So Let's we we decided that first up this week we are going to talk about productivity tips for PT school, just I guess in general. Yeah. So I, and I think we kind of covered some of those yeah. things last week. Yeah, it did. But tie I think in we a could. Bit clarify or like get into more of the details of what we personally do and like what our yeah routines are to stay productive a couple notes for, uh, you want to get started? productivity well I, I think uh it starts with like mindset i mean Absolutely. i think like you in my opinion there's so many avenues you can go into in physical therapy that you sh almost should approach it like your first semester in school it should be like what do i want to become as a therapist yeah and you structure your entire like three years getting you closer towards that um so i think number one is just like again the mindset of what do you want to get out of school and what do you want to get out of like your career uh, and you have three years to basically get a head start on that whatever that answer is for you um so that was a thought of mine um just to get started with and then I think based off of that, so a little uh, <clears throat> Jordan Peterson JP. for you. So big fan of Jordan Peterson, but so he, well, I've heard him on we'll a podcast. Yeah, we just one lost day. all our uh, <laughs> <lovely> <laughs> fans. Um, but I think more so like the psychological aspect of some of the stuff he talks about. And one of the interviews I heard with him was talking about his uh, future authoring program. I don't know if you guys yeah, are yeah, yeah. familiar yeah. with anything about that with him. But anyway, so he took. He has this thing that he offers as a service for people to do on their own online, but also something he's a psychology professor up in a university in Canada. Shout out Canada. Canada. Um, oh, hey there. Um, so he had run through this with some students as well. Sponsored and by Canada. <laughs> the entire country. Um, so what his idea is with this future authoring program is you, it's a basically essay you write detailing out so he did it with students in his class basically the best that your life could turn out over a five-year period yeah, and like yeah. what you would do to get there what your daily yeah. routine this would be really like cool. yeah but then also in five years what could the worst you possibly like be in terms of your situation in life and what would you do to have gotten there like what bad decisions would you have made along the way basically mapping out both the good and the bad which I thought was a really cool perspective on it. Yeah. And I think he makes a pretty good point in that like negative consequences can be a really big uh, motivating factor for people. So I think that's another thing in terms of like, not only you as a student in physical therapy, but also just again, in terms of career, like how, where could you be like if things turn out as best as possible in three years and where could you be in three years if you really made some bad decisions along the way? So you can kind of see that 
in real time like where you could be heading um, yeah. and it's not a surprise then when you end up at either one of those places so. yeah i think you even gave examples of students that he done that with in the past and like students that that organized themselves both found themselves to be in like much better situations yeah, yeah. there's like clearly evidence that yeah doing yeah. something as simple as like even just mapping out what could go well and what couldn't right like just writing it down prosper. yeah exactly yeah. So that was just kind of my thought, like, number one thing overall is just your mindset leading yeah. to, you know, yeah, what you're going to end up doing. It's like your foundation. Yeah. yeah. Without a good mindset, every, anything else you do, it kind of goes to shit. Yeah. 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 I think we talked a lot about this last week, too. It's just, like, setting a schedule. Um, I know you had touched on, like, waking up early, then you do yeah. your stuff. I, like, Not talked about my, material. my uh, <laughs> no, I was, like, segueing you into it. Um, I talked about like doing an eight hour day type thing, like including class four hours and class four hours, like spending out of class. It'll help organize it. And it also helps you like getting to work mode, if you want to say that. Um, when you do graduate and then eventually you're working an eight hour day or maybe like four 10 hour days, um, just like getting your body in the right state of mind so you're, you're able to wake up that early, you're able to like perform at an earlier time and then like your body's just used to working till like four or five and then having the ability to not be so tired, not eating shitty foods at the end, and then you're just going to wake up feeling better. So that's like the first start along with the mindset, I mm -hmm. think. But yeah, yeah, talk about your waking Yeah, day. so I mean, my schedule isn't necessarily for everyone. You kind of have to like experiment with it. Uh, I know like I was a personal trainer, so I was used to waking up early. But before that, before, like when I was an undergrad, like that's when I started training. But before that, like I thought of myself as like definitely not a morning person. I hated the mornings. I hated getting up and stuff. But, uh, you know, yeah. 5.30, 530 to like 9 o'clock is where your money's made in the, in the mornings training people. So I just got used to it. Uh, but then I actually got out of the habit when I first started school. And then like once I got back into the habit, like my productivity definitely increased. So what I do is I, I'm very unproductive at night. I just don't like doing stuff, I just like chilling. So I'll wake up uh, usually around 4.30. So I'll go to bed at like nine, wake up at 4.30. I try to get at least seven and a half hours of sleep every night because sleep's probably gonna be your, your biggest factor. <laughs> if you're not sleeping, your day's gonna go to shit. You're not gonna do, wanna do anything. You and Jocko um, Willink are up there. Yeah, yeah, me and Jocko, we actually texting them. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, you up? <laughs> <laughs> you up? <laughs> so I'll wake up at 4.30, I'll go downstairs, make myself a cup of coffee, and I'll come up Butter, of course. Of course. Uh, Carry gold. Butter <laughs> sponsor. Board's gonna be filled. No, I, I go back. I go back up with my cup of coffee, and I'll sit there for like an hour, an hour and a half, and study or like just do work for school. And you know, most of the time it's fairly productive. Sometimes you're still tired, you don't feel like doing shit, so you end up watching YouTube videos or something. But, but I'd say the majority of my time, uh, I actually get work done. Um, and that's and along with that, so I I set a timer for myself when I study. So I'll do like a, a hit timer online, like an exercise timer, and I'll do like intervals. So I'll do like twenty five on, five minutes off, and uh, I'll do like at max four rounds of that. So I'll do twenty five minutes on study, and then I know in my mind like I have five minutes of break coming up and 25 minutes is that long but like it's kind of motivating you like yeah. to not get distracted you're like all right I only have to do this for 25 minutes and I could take five minutes and like over the five minutes I'll do like a mobility break or like 
I'll read something or watch something or listen to music for those five minutes and get back to it for the 25. And again, like at most I'll do four rounds, so that's two hours straight of studying. And I'll take like a longer break, like a 30 to hour long break. And over that, like I'll eat and do whatever. But uh, that's, I feel like that's been really helping me. Yeah, yeah, I like that idea a lot. Yeah, because I, I've long maintained that I think a lot of PT students are like OCD to some extent, and mm-hmm. I think like the more organized and like structured you can be, and I, I like that because it ties or like falls into that. Like I know yeah. it's like this, you know, sort of interval of studying, and I have this rest. Um, Plus, we had uh, a guest lecture, Doctor Child, doc, the other Doctor Child, yeah. our, our professor's husband. And that was like the first thing he said. He's like, there's research showing that students pay attention for 15 minutes and then lose it. So you might yeah. as well take a break, for, even if it's like a minute or two yeah, yeah. after the 15 minutes. And th- when he said that, I was like, all right, I just have to pay attention for 15 minutes. Rather than other lectures where you go on for an hour, hour and a half, yeah, you, you, you don't lose know when focus you're gonna, yeah, for 10 like minutes and then you're like, wait, what the hell and slide then you, are we on? And then you end up getting yeah. uh, going <laughs> online and then like get reprimanded for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways... So uh, all, along with like the waking up early, if um, like one of the best things I ever did was to set my alarm or like on my phone and then put my alarm somewhere where I have to get out of bed to turn it off. Because like before I used yeah, to have it like right next to my bed mm-hmm. and then like I would like snooze it or I would set two alarms like five minutes yep. apart and just like wake up, turn it off, go back to sleep for five minutes. Like that's going to do you any good. Yeah. And then wake up again, but like now I have to get out of physically get out of bed to turn mm-hmm. my alarm off, and then I'm like, all right, I'm already out of bed. I might as well just go brush my teeth. I wanted to invent something like that, and it's almost like technology is going the other way. It's like when you wake up, like you're suddenly your coffee maker's on already. Yeah. You don't have to you That's you do like the bare minimum. incentive to get out. Yeah, so it's like getting harder and harder, and yeah, your I, I want to go that way. Your and coffee maker this brings you coffee in your bed. You got a robot now and. Yeah. But like, yeah, I wanted to ma- invent something like your alarm goes off, the lights go on, in like the other room, the music's blasting or something like that. The shower's already on. You might as well like get into it. But yeah, like I said, like yeah, Alexa's that's another here uh, now and making coffee makers smarter and <laughs> weird stuff going, going away. Uh, Jocko Willink again. The, uh, that's like a concept he talks about in extreme ownership yeah. in his book, which is one of the best books I've ever read. Um, and talks about some of the stuff, but his idea there is like it's your first opportunity to get a win that day. Yeah. yeah so like the true. alarm is like your yeah. opponent, and if you get up and don't get back in bed, you've won. Yeah. And that's already he addresses like that a lot with, with meals and stuff too. Yeah. Like if you eat like a good breakfast, you're gonna want to go to the gym later on. Yeah. And if yeah. you eat like shitty Taco Bell at night, you're gonna want to sleep in until ten o'clock the next yeah. day. So yeah. that is a good point about the mornings. I think that's like your key time to get momentum for the rest yeah. of the day. Yeah. Like if I wake up and within the first thirty minutes start like looking at notes, if it's like a day of like full on studying, like that day will be much more productive yeah. than if I allow myself. You the day yeah. Yeah. Gets you focused, so. All right, you guys cool. want to get into placebos? Oh, little, little yeah. name drop. Can we uh, edit? Like placebo effect. <laughs> so we, I guess, are doing like we have all these ideas for different segments for the podcast, and this one is called Placebros. Um, I guess Artem, do you want to yeah, explain so a little bit? If uh, if you're up 
in, in like the literature of like current like interventions for PT. Deep, deep in the literature. Deep, deep diving in the literature. Uh, deep sea diving. You'll you'll Ooh. notice that new segment. <laughs> a lot of a lot of common interventions that you see in the clinic are uh, are actually placebos according to the research. I think it's hilarious because like you'll see. PTs like so invested in like certain modalities, ultrasound, e-stem, you know, whatever, mental therapy. Especially older therapists because yeah. they, they haven't been in and school like, and like they they've think, been doing what they've right. been doing. That's true, yeah. And, the and emotional they, attachment. They think that it has like some sort of like actual biomechanical or like mechanical effect on the body where like the, the research shows that it's like neurophysiological or placebo effects. And that just kind of makes me laugh and I figure we'd cover, uh, every week we cover either modality or intervention that has been deemed a placebo in the literature. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and again, like, so this article we chose, uh, Artem found, it's called Placebo Mechanisms of Manual Therapy, A Sheep in Wolf's Clothing. Um, you know, is this, are you able to find this for, like, free? It might be open text. access. Um, I got it on Clinical Athlete. Uh, you, if you Google it, you can yeah. probably, if you can't find it, email us or something. Yeah. Contact us and comment on YouTube and we'll get yeah, it. Yeah, we've got Joel Bialoski. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, Joel. Mark Bishop and Charles <laughs> Charles Penza. They knew this was going to be on this episode, so they're yeah. all on the edge of their oh, seat. And Danny Bolger. Too. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a story for another day. Um, yeah, so this article I thought was pretty interesting. I mean, number one point just to make is that I don't know that it's necessarily even a bad thing that you're getting placebo no, effects. Placebo is not a bad thing. That's one of the things like, they talk that's about. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if that's yeah. what's allowing you to see progress in your patient, like yeah. that's a neurophysiological effect again. But it doesn't mean at the same time, though, that you can get like, it's, I feel like it's a balancing act where like a lot of people fall on like a seesaw where it's like they put so much trust into this intervention that they don't want to hear anything about yeah. other effects that could be right. giving well, the benefit. You're and getting a placebo effect with any treatment, even if it is yeah. like there's an actual like physiological effect of the treatment. You, you can enhance the effect with placebo, so placebo is not bad. Um, so that was one of the first points they even made too yeah. in the article was like we're not saying it's like means the intervention has no you know value in terms yeah. of a plan Sometimes of care. Sometimes placebo is right? even better. Like the yeah. example they use placebo surgery, which is insane to me. Like people like get, like get cut open and they just don't do anything and then yeah. just fix them back up and it's like oh my back pain's gone. Yeah, yeah. Like that to me is insane. I pro- well obviously I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna perform surgery, but. That to me is insane. Like that, they they have patients yeah. that they'll cut o- cut open, do nothing. It's a placebo surgery. They get better, but it's like you really just had to cut them open to like perform that. So right. placebo is definitely, it, honestly, sometimes it's like the best thing for people. Super. Yeah. Um, the, the the only thing with it is is, you know, you could also have the opposite effect of a placebo. Like there's good effects, but there's also bad effects called nocebos. So like it all depends on. Segment. Um, it all depends on the, like the therapist and how they communicate with the patient. So like you could have a good placebo effect, but like you don't have to scare the patient. Like say, uh, you you tell them that you're gonna do manual therapy because their like their rib is out of place or like their spine is subluxed. That's creating a nocebo effect because now they think their spine's out of place. When in reality, like we you you don't know that you can't tell that. Um, Talking is placebo, right? Like right. just being yeah. able to educate the patient is placebo. Yeah. Therapeutic right. alliance. So just like it, you, it's fine to use placebo as long as you're not kind of 
you're not lying to the patient. You're not telling them, like, this manual therapy is going to put their bone back into place or something and <laughs> heal their open It's fracture. not, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it goes back to one of the, uh, you know, strengths we have as physical therapists, which is the amount of time we get to spend with patients and really being able to, like, get value out of that side of the communication and interaction of a treatment session is, like, those things that are more of a, you know, physio like neurophysiological type thing or a communication thing or a confidence thing, uh, we can really like use those to our benefit, whereas yeah. some other health practitioners may not. So that's kind of where we have a, you know, individual strength uh, as a profession and we should be able to kind of key into that and, and work on those skills. I think those are skills that I'd say a lot of people lack. Uh, yeah. is, you know, how to communicate, how to get the confidence of a patient, how to project uh, confidence, you know, yourself, and um, those types of things that provide even further benefits to the outcome of treatment. Absolutely. So. And they kind of go over, like, that here, like, how to, like, what can enhance, like, the placebo effect where um, <clears throat> they, they, they call it the ritual of, like, manual mm -hmm. therapy where, like, Especially like if someone is like highly tatted as like this big manual therapist, like they're gonna have a bigger placebo effect. If they have like this crazy ritual where they're like palpating every segment and like closing their eyes and, and doing all this weird stuff, I mean, it, it makes you think. Yeah, it makes you think that like they might know more than someone else. So that might enhance. It might not be like the most efficacious, but everything. The facility, the machines mm -hmm. they use, yeah, the bigger yeah. the machine, yeah. the newer, the cleaner, everything. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, is the first yeah. point, and it comes down to it. Placebo works. You might as well. Yeah. Like, so the, this paper just talks about like the, the the pain relieving aspect of manual therapy, and how like it, they call placebo analgesia. So like, they're not necessarily saying like the the biomechanical like effects of of manual therapy or placebo. So like, if you get enhancement range of motion. That might have be an actual physiological effect, but like the pain relieving yeah. mm -hmm. aspect of it is is more so placebo, which is what mm -hmm. we do. Yeah, reproduction. Yeah, pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I, th I guess like the last point would be also it doesn't mean I think it was touched on by one of you guys, but even if a treatment does work, it doesn't mean that like a hundred percent of it is just the physiological or biomechanical change yeah. or 100% the placebo, it could be a balance. So you might be, you know, actually producing some change through your manual technique, but maybe that's 60% and the other 40% is placebo. So just having that understanding and that appreciation to then, you know, have a further understanding of really what you're doing um, with yeah. your patients. And that's yeah. seen with modalities, I think, like, perfectly like mm -hmm. hot pack obviously you're heating something are you heating the muscle to really relax it I don't know but you're heating something and you're some, most of the time relieving pain so it's 50 50 yeah, or like 60 yeah. 40 I don't know what it is but as it's, long as you don't tell the patient it's gonna fix their problem yeah right then you're kind right. of just lying. yeah I guess it goes back to to the whole like I mean you have your academic side of what we're doing and you want to be you know based in research right. and with what you're doing but also um 
the results of what you're getting. I mean, you have to, at the end of the day, you're in charge of providing a service to a patient that you're treating to the best of your ability and so that they get better from when they first walked in the door yeah. uh, to see you on that first day. So I think whatever produces that should have some, you know, respect and you should have some, you know, um, belief in that. Yeah, that part. Yeah. And then you can determine sort of why those things were and to what extent it was this and to what extent it was actually this being right. what worked. Because so. then otherwise we're just people doing placebo stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there'd never be any progression. Yeah. Made. I mean, there'd never be any. Because we might not know right now why something works, right. but in 10 years exactly. we'll understand. So, yeah. so um, by the author, the head author, Bylaski, actually has a paper. I think it's fairly recent. It's called The Mechanisms of Manual Therapy. It's like 30 pages long if you look it up. I haven't gotten to know it yet. That was another thing. When I saw this was four pages, I was like, all right, that'll work. Yeah. But anything over 10, dude, fuck that. No, for like, his, for his, at least until this yeah, semester. Yeah, I pulled so. it up. It was like 30 pages. <laughs> but, Full disclaimer, I did not read this article. <laughs> I want it to be as authentic as possible. So like I do with every other article, skimmed it. Was looking for an abstract. There is no fucking abstract. <laughs> well, the whole thing is basically an abstract. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not like a real like random pages. controlled yeah. study. It's like, it's just like a yeah overview of a bunch. But right. Yeah. Yeah. KP's got other business to attend to as class president, <laughs> El Presidente. Um, I'll uh, I'll just read my jokes and our, our questions. Are, yeah. So okay, let's get started with our last segment. Um, which is listener questions. So we've got Yeah, you some guys have a lot of great questions. Yeah, a lot of great questions. So Keep many, submitting, I mean, submit, submit, yeah, submit. Please, please. Overwhelming amount of, you know, stuff coming in from listeners, just positive yeah. feedback, questions. Um, so we're going to take a few and give our answers. Yeah, I'm excited to what you guys got. All right, so um, Ben Dover from Dover, Delaware says, What's the most critical thing a CI has taught you or something you learned outside of school that has helped you as a student? Hmm, that is a good question, What's Benjamin. The most critical a <laughs> Benjamin. CI has Thanks, Benjamin. Us? Or uh, something that you learned outside of school, whether it's a research article or before school, even that you haven't learned in school, but it's helped you become a better student. Um, not necessarily like a particular thing, but I'm like what my CI allowed me to do. It's like my last summer CI, like, um, gave me a ton of, like, independence. And, like, he was just like, kind of, like, after the first few weeks, he got a vibe of, like, what I knew and, like, how I could, like, uh, take care of patients. And he kind of just let me do my thing and, like, watch from afar. And that just gave me, like, a lot of confidence in, yeah. like, my skills and, like, working with people. And, like, that kind of carried through to school with, like, practicals and stuff. I'm, like, you know, if I could work with actual, if I could eval, treat, like, create plans of care for actual patients, like, this is going to be easy. These aren't even, like, real patients for a practical. So I think that made it a lot easier for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, just going off with some of the conversation from today even, um, I would say my CI this year in the fall from our part-time clinical, um, he was just, like, sort of a really good model and example of, of really what we look for, I think, and kind of what we were talking about about not only using evidence-based like uh, interventions, but being able to explain that to the patients and also being able to have like a really good sort of, um, you know, just feel for what needs to be done with patients. I think he really mixed, meshed well, like all of those aspects yeah. and really came across as someone who knew what he was talking about, 
really cared about the patient's well-being, uh, but was also very much like up to date with research and his interventions and continuing ed. And uh, he did this one thing with like a rotator cuff patient when he was doing like passive range with them. It was like a neuro stretch technique. And he got into the tendon and provided like input into the mm-hmm. tendon, like the, I guess, Golgi tendon organ or the muscle spindle and kind of like to put another type of neurological input into the system so the muscle would relax and it like you could see the benefit in terms of the range. mechanism of foam roller. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he was doing passive. That could be a segment. Passive range while he was doing it. Talking neuro. That would last. We don't have much to say. (laughs) I have to have some... uh, uh, resources with us <laughs> yeah. for that to go on. And that was talking there. <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. All right, KP, thanks. Well, I guess we have like another two question PTs or two. In a pod. Two yeah. PTs in a pod. Two PTs in a pod. So KP's actually getting fired after this. He can't do it. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, well, actually, <laughs> do you have any questions? Uh, behind the scenes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, KP, you might want to uh, stick around for this one real quick. Me? So Chad from Chattanooga. Wow. <laughs> Chad. so, what a place to live. He said, hey guys, I just wanted to get your opinion on auscultation technique. Big cardio pole guys. Oh yeah, huge. huge. I often find that I can't get good middle lobe breath sounds on large-breasted women. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, really going for it, Chad. And was hoping you guys could offer some practical advice on how to overcome this. That's a good question, Chad. It's a great Great question, question, Chad. That's a tough one for all of us, Um, I feel like. It's uh, being men in this industry. Yeah, just practice awkward. on Artem. He's a gets large breasted man. It's kind of awkward. You yeah. could have him uh, lift his breast tissue. Well, up that's and, that's what yeah. I was going for. As uh, as one of our cardiopulm <clears throat> teachers told us, yeah. just yeah. ask them to move. Who are breast both females, tissue. by the way? Oh, so it was coming yeah. from experts. Yeah, not only in the field but in the gender too. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna let you guys tackle that. <laughs> yeah. Um, if we put a yeah, I mean, if we put a serious spin on it, I think I think that's like. It's just you get more comfortable the more patients you work with. I mean, I can't say that I've ever uh, dealt with at this point needing to do a auscultation on a large-breasted woman where I've needed to, to uh, do that. But I think that's a, I mean, that strategy, again, it comes like, like how you present yourself is how the patient is going to respond. So if you're say, calm and don't like... Don't be awkward. Yeah, do not fucking don't be, be awkward. awkward. That might be hard for some people. Um, but yeah, act I like mean, you've been there before. Yeah, exactly. Even yeah. if you haven't. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. A pa- I mean, yes. A patient looks at you as a like clinician and someone who's there to be the expert. Like, act like an expert. Act like it's you know you know like we've been taught the proper way to go about these things and how to be professional in certain like uncomfortable circumstances. So you just have to make sure you exude that yeah. professionalism and confidence when you're when you're going about it. Don't but tell patients this is your first time doing something yeah. like um, yeah. rookie yeah. mistake. Yeah. Like that do not go for the fucking sympathy card. I that dude, that is like a pet peeve of mine. Like you're gonna make mistakes, just fucking own that yeah. and like but do it in a confident manner and like Absolutely. you're gonna get better. Extreme so. ownership. If you haven't read yeah. Extreme Ownership for yeah, another, another uh, plug for extreme ownership for sure. Um, yeah. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Chad from Chattanooga. It was a great question. Hopefully you got more. <laughs> we got one more. Uh, well, this one I think uh, could honestly be its own episode. So uh, I can introduce this the question. Maybe a preview ta- for tackle next it week. for next yeah. week. So James from Philadelphia asks. 
What's up, guys? I was wondering if you guys could lay out a framework for how you would treat a non-traumatic orthopedic injury. Mm. So, I mean, this uh, the three of us probably have fairly similar uh, frameworks, but we could talk about that next week and kind of lay it out. Sounds good. Word. Yeah. All right. I guess that's it for this week, episode two in the books. Stay tuned for right, uh, episode three next week. Yep. Hit us up with your questions. Yeah. Do we want to go over that? At whatever Instagram. We'll put it down below. Yeah. Put it down. Follow below. us. Yeah. All right. All right. See ya.